Chapter 27 Level Up Leah dressed as though for battle in the outfit that Martha had prepared for difficult meetings. A bullbreaker suit, flawless legs and shoes that could have doubled as murder weapons. It's mainly lawyer, Martha explained with a hint of sociopath. And even she had to admit that Leah transitioned almost effortlessly from floopy chick to contract killer. Leah assessed her reflection in the mirror. She looked like she ate billionaires for breakfast. It doesn't matter how you feel on the inside, she told herself severely, so long as you look the part. Ten minutes before Ethan Blake was due to come online, Leah realised that it was pure folly to attempt a confrontation on an empty stomach. She sashayed down to the kitchen to grab a bite to eat and found John Reardon making a cup of tea at the kitchen sink. He looked her up and down. Grand job. Kettle's boiled. Just then, Kit came into the kitchen and almost spilled the milk. Oh my God, you look amazing. Leah blushed ferociously and busied herself with the bread knife. She could tell from the way that Kit was looking at her that she was having a rare moment of beauty. You look so different. I used to be a model, Leah muttered, buttering bread. It's all about pretending to be someone that you're not. Kit stared, fascinated. So how do you find out who you really are? Leah dug into the honeypot. You don't. That's the problem. It's such an adventure when you're young. They dress you up and make a fuss of you, and you feel like you actually are the person in the photographs. But then one day, you wake up and realise you haven't got a proper personality of your own. Or you have, but it's weak, like a plant that's been kept away from the light. A lot of models have addiction issues and eating disorders. She sat down at the table, mindful of the seams of her skirt, and bit into a slice of brown bread and honey. Industry fucking broke me, she said defiantly through the crumbs, but at least I can still eat. Not everybody that she knew had been so lucky. Then, sensing the awkwardness in the room, she looked up. Thanks for the hot water bottle last night. No problem, said Kit, still staring. Did you get through to Ethan Blake? I'm meeting with him in a minute, holographically. She could feel Kit's eyes on the back of her neck, where her hair was twisted into a punitive French plait. Nervous? Kit asked sympathetically. I am now, Leah thought. Until she came downstairs, she had merely been angry. Yeah, a bit. Kit squeezed her shoulder. Leah swallowed the last of the bread and honey, washed down with a scalding gulp of tea, and left. It took her the whole long journey, down the corridor, up the stairs, and along the corridor again, to regain her composure. She paused in the bathroom to brush the crumbs from her teeth, with the result that, by the time she reached the bedroom, the holographic projection of Ethan Blake was already sitting in the armchair by the fire. Slippery bastard, thought Leah. She sat, legs crossed, 
and hands folded in her lap, and waited. Ethan Blake, too, was wearing a suit, dark and obviously expensive, but cut in a way that Leah could only describe as dorky. It looked as though he had slept in it. Plus, he was wearing a crumpled shirt and mismatching socks. There was something about his disarray that made her think of sex. She wondered if this was intentional. Martha would have been able to decode all this instantly, but Martha was elsewhere. Leah did the smartest thing that she could have, which was absolutely nothing. I was looking at your photographs again last night, he said. The shoot in Kobe. Leah knew the photographs that he was talking about. She could remember the winter light at the mountain shrine and how cold it had been, barefoot and bare-legged, between deities carved in stone. She wore torn white chiffon. Afterwards, when people said that the shoot made her look like a rape victim, the magazine refused to publish. But someone had posted the photographs online, where they had become, and apparently still were, a thing. But if Ethan Blake intended to unsettle her, he failed. Leah's knowledge of sleaze was encyclopedic, and she knew the real thing from fake. Whatever his interest in her was, she was pretty sure that it wasn't about sex. She cleared her throat. What does that have to do with anything? A tiny muscle under Ethan Blake's eye began to twitch. He spread his hands. You are absolutely right. I have behaved like a complete cunt, and I owe you an explanation. Leah remained silent. I knew Ronan much better than I let on. When he won the contract for the Soul Trader HQ, I also asked him to tender for the work on Carmoyle. We travelled down from Dublin so that he could look at the project. It was the day before the news about the Moon Colony broke. I showed him the house, he met with the caretakers, and then we went for a stroll in the grounds before driving back to Dublin. Ronan had an evening flight to catch, so I took him straight to the airport. Leah would have made an excellent poker player. Not even the closest observer would have noticed any change in her expression. Did he say where he was travelling to? London first, I think. He mentioned a connecting flight, although he didn't say to where. Was he carrying luggage? He had a backpack. Ronan was rarely seen without a disreputable-looking backpack. It contained his laptop and a seemingly random assortment of household objects. And then? He told me that he would consider the project. I dropped him outside Terminal 3 and we said goodbye. Ethan Blake looked down at his hands. It is what I did next that I am ashamed of. What? Not coming forward. I was one of the last people to see Ronan and I protected myself at his family's expense. I cannot apologise enough. Leah gave him a look in which there was no warmth whatsoever. 
Why did you allow me to continue with the sole trader contract? Ethan Blake allowed himself a rueful smile. I gave you an opportunity and you came through for me, he said. I trust that there is no barrier to us continuing to work together. Leah had no intention of leaving the place where Ronan had last been seen or of severing connections with the person that she now believed to be responsible for his disappearance. Given that I'm not in a position to travel, she said, removing an imaginary speck of dust from her skirt. I've begun to work on a scheme for Carmoil. Ethan Blake sat up in his chair, his holographic shirt becoming less rumpled as his posture straightened. Somewhere in the background, his charisma had begun to glimmer like the harbinger of dawn. She would not have been surprised if he had flickered his forked tongue. Leah returned from the bathroom, having thrown up, and took off the glasses. Getting dressed in front of the brother-shaped entity that she now mistrusted slightly less than she had done before would have been too weird. She changed back into jeans and a jumper, pulled on her warmest socks, and put the killer heels back in their box. Then she replaced her glasses and turned to address the glyph, which had appeared by the far side, still clad for a country house visit. Apparently, it was not programmed to sulk, and, crucially, it had not shared the data gleaned from the hard drive of the car with Ethan Blake. Why didn't you tell him about the car? Leah demanded. It was not something that your brother would have done. Could you have told him, without me knowing? Technically, yes. But my behaviour is predicated on your understanding of your brother. According to your online activity, you perceive him to be a loyal and reliable person. I am programmed to echo this perception. Ronan was reliable to the point of dullness. This was part of the reason that Leah had never believed the story of his leaving the country to start a new life. Ronan did not seek change. He sought stability and routine. But did this mean that the glyph could be trusted? The entity that she saw in front of her, Leah reminded herself, was a fetch, the information of which it was composed existing on a distant server. And that server was under the auspices of Ethan Blake. Can you be hacked? My information can only be accessed with your biometrics. For a moment, Leah was relieved. Then she remembered that whoever had created the glyph in the first place had needed her biometrics to do so. How can I make you more secure? Level up. I currently have access to social media and Google accounts. If you allow me to access your medical and dental records, I will be able to rewrite the encoding. Have you done a DNA genealogy test? Leah nodded. Will that mean that no one else can access my data? The glyph shook its head. Total privacy is an outdated concept. But if someone attempts to access your records, the encoding will slow them down. 
Why did Ethan Black lie to me? The glyph shrugged. The logical deduction is that he is concealing something. If you give me the correct permissions, I can investigate. What permissions do you need? Bank account details. Your brother's behaviour in this regard seems out of character. Leah agreed. Ronan had always been the most financially responsible member of a relatively clueless family. Then he had left them in the lurch. The evidence was inarguable, but it still did not seem like something that Ronan would have done. Leah took a deep breath. I want to level up. Are you ready? Medical and dental records, full waiver of client confidentiality and GDPR. All available DNA data, full waiver of client confidentiality and GDPR. Current account under lawless design, complete access, including account history. Let me give you the codes. <laughs>